Welcome everyone to 451 Degrees, the censorship podcast on the Unsafe Space Network. I am Alex Maselli, also known as Alex Valtrates, and joining me today is Ian. Hey, how's it going? Good, how's it going? <laughs> oh, it's going. It's been an interesting day for sure. <laughs> How about yeah. yourself? Uh, relatively well, actually, today. Y- yesterday was worse. Today's good. <laughs> That's good. But okay. We want to talk about vague rules for these, for a lot of the, like, essentially content creation. Uh, Social media is content creation, whether or not you're using it, you know, to make money or whatever. You are actually creating content for it. But so a couple of months ago, um, well, it's probably about May 2021, I got into an argument with a a self-published writer on um, Twitter about Amazon's publishing rules. She was going over them. She was going over how her book kept getting buried, no matter how many different ways she changed it. Changed Mm -hmm. the title, changed the cover, changed the description. It wouldn't matter. They would still shadow ban it. And she could see that. And she could see that her, her readers were not seeing the book in recommendations and stuff like that, even though they bought previous books. And, um, and she said she had no idea why. What was now, the topic? <laughs> well, that's the thing is that uh, mo- a lot of the uh, a big chunk of self-publishing is romance novels and has been okay. for a while. So mainly, uh, I think romance novelists realized that uh, Harlequin was going to be toppled by self-publishing, that they didn't have to work with Harlequin's crazy rules mm-hmm. anymore. And they could just break in and get to the public by themselves using something like Amazon. Instead, and, they have uh, to worry about Amazon's crazy rules. <laughs> yes. But gotcha. unlike Harlequin, that had a huge ass list you could take a look at, which I've seen it. I've seen it. I I, I, I studied this in grad school, actually. Uh, the Amazon does not publish the rules. There is no place that you can really see the rules. To know when you're going to violate them. Ah, it's awfully nice and vague now, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. And uh, the thing is, was that when I said that that was wrong to this author, this is when the argument started. I told her that they should let her see the rules, that that was that everyone should be able to see these rules. And she said, pretty much quoting the bullshit, by the way, that. They had to hide the rules so that bad actors wouldn't abuse them. <laughs> Mental gymnastics, as always. Yeah. yeah. It, and that's really, that's the corporate line. Like, that yeah, is, it, yeah, it I, is. I heard, I've heard that from YouTube. We don't yeah. want you to see our rules because we don't want bad actors to abuse them. Now, my problem with that is that apply that to governmental law like actual law that we have to follow as citizens oh god yeah like would anyone be okay with it no no No. nobody would right i mean it's like um (laughs) as i I think on average that the most people commit like 12 felonies a day Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you've heard about that yeah i did (laughs) um that's what we want is more vagaries in our laws to make sure that you increase the number of felonies you commit and potentially get thrown in prison so i mean yeah wow no, that's so uh, that's is, interesting 
So this is currently just hitting people who are trying to monetize their content, you mm-hmm. know, like that that idea. It's like hitting in Amazon pub- self-publishing pretty harshly, and there's no way around it because I think once you're once a book like ISBN essentially is gigged, that it's forever gigged. It will forever be in violation. Which to me, like I know it has something to do with it being overly sexual or whatever because it's a romance novel. But I'm like, isn't that the point of the entire genre? Pretty yep. much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, to me, I have a real problem with that writer actually defending that. Because I honestly, I think that that line from, from Amazon or from YouTube, whoever you're talking about, is uh, so wrong. Because if you think about it, if you, uh, if you sign, technically digitally sign, Terms and conditions. A contract. It's a contract. Can you imagine one business to another business or as a writer signing on with a publisher, them going, uh, you know, these are the terms, but we also have all these rules, but we're not going to tell you what those rules are. And if you violate any of them, we will punish you. Like, from yeah. the perspective of a contract. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like like the idea of the, oh, you violated our contract, therefore we're going to sue you. And it's like, well, what did I violate? Well, we can't tell you. You have Wait, to prove what? it in. Yeah, you have to prove it in a court of law to for it to, you know, stand up. Even if they do punish you, maybe outside of court, you know, they like pull your book deal or whatever. Uh, then you could sue them if they didn't have grounds. You know, it wasn't in their con- like the contract didn't. Uh, they told you a reason, but it wasn't something that you agreed to in the contract. You could take them to court for that. Mm-hmm. Now, th- so there's a big problem with what self-publishing for uh, Amazon, and then now it's also a problem for YouTubers. You YouTubers have no idea what the rules are. I mean, this is notorious. Notorious. We have no idea at any given moment what the rule will be. And not only that, but they'll they'll backtrack into our content and apply yeah, new and rules <laughs> to older content from before it violated the the rules, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, then, I know that they did that to Crowder quite a bit, and mm-hmm. there's been channels that have been destroyed because of that. Yeah, it, it, it's um, it, it's crazy. It really is, and it's like you said, it's um, it's arbitrary. It. it the, the the funny thing when I when I started hearing YouTube saying, oh, we don't want people pushing, skirting close to the line. Well, if they're skirting close to the line, they, they haven't violated your rules yet. So why is that a problem? Yeah. But now they want to well, get these people that are skirting the line that are within policy, but they, they want to get rid of them because they they don't like what they're saying. Yeah, that's yeah, the crazy. real problem with all of this is that um, if you have the rules, you can follow them. and then you can hold them to uh, account if they, they can hold decide. YouTube accountable. You can hold YouTube accountable or Amazon, whatever platform or, yeah. you're talking about. You whatever. can hold yeah. them accountable for uh, punishing you if you didn't actually violate a rule and you can prove that. But you can't prove that if they never show you the rules. Yeah. So this is not, uh, this is a censorship technique. It is not actually a way of preventing bad actors. That is the biggest line of bullshit corporations could ever give you. 
Yeah, it's it's also, I, I think, a way of them being able to skirt any kind of lawsuits that come as a result of that. If they don't show you the rules, if you're getting banned and you haven't broken the rules, I mean, you could potentially sue that platform. And that is another way for them to go and obfuscate that. So, yes. you know, uh, yeah, we're censoring you. We, You know it. We know it. Um, but we're going to make it very difficult for you to go and sue us as a result of that. Yes, yeah. exactly. And we're we're seeing that more and more. I know uh, Sargon of Akkad does have an arbitration lawsuit, I believe, with uh, Patreon because oh, they yeah. did violate policy that they that they had given to him in write, writing. And same thing with all the people who followed him and were patrons. So that was a really big deal. That for something they, that he did on somebody else's live stream, mocking you know yeah. the other the other group. <laughs> Which is so hilarious. I know. I, I am very, very tired of the idea that what you do on another platform will affect you on this one or what, mm -hmm. you know, like that they cross because we've seen that where people get banned across multiple platforms, like in a row, it's like dominoes, uh, whether or not they ever misbehaved on X platform, they will get banned from it if they misbehaved on Y platform. And that's really inappropriate because it's like, it has nothing to do with the content they're creating, you know, on the other platform, but they yeah. don't care. And uh, I, I think it's something that I believe people need to start pushing back on that. Yeah, you're you're signing these um, these terms and conditions, but they're not clear. And yeah, they need to be clear for us to be really accepting them for them to stand up in court i believe anyway i know mm. i i i know that they can say well we we have our rules but i don't know what your rules are so if i don't know what your rules are how can i be held accountable like, and one, one of the things that you kind of briefly you know, point out with the whole thing with sargon is that um they are bound by arbitration and so the other thing too which was encouraged which really hurt patreon at the end of the day is that it wasn't just sargon who started filing these arbitration issues it was his patrons that were doing it too which actually put patreon in a huge financial bind yes uh, because it's each individual they had to pay the cost because that that was in the deal that patreon would pay the cost of the arbitration and it was binding arbitration and suddenly they're getting slapped with all these arbitration you know claims coming from his uh, his patrons so that is one way of, of fighting back with the stuff is yeah. that you can hit them using their own rules. Yes. Uh, I know that um, they changed the rules almost immediately after that. Oh, I'm sure uh, they did. They did. They were screwed. <laughs> and I, I immediately jumped off Patreon after mm -hmm. that. I was like, I don't like because they did change the rules so that they wouldn't be so that they wouldn't be slapped with something like this again. Because mm -hmm. I know what one of the things they did is they went to a judge and asked if they could do like a class action kind of yep. arbitration. Instead. Judge said no. And judge said no. And that was awesome. That was like the best news ever because they deserved it. They, they really did. did. And it's like you can't violate your contract like that. And this is what that that's what that is. You violated a contract and mm -hmm. now you have to pay. You have to pay the, you know, the ticket. <laughs> I, I thought that was like some of the best news ever but i was also yeah. like patreon may not be the most uh long-term way to make money at this point 
Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. It, it's sad yeah. how it went down, but they, they really did do it to themselves, though. They did. And they started. They started as a way because the founder was a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And he said it was like impossible. It was impossible to make money on YouTube without killing yourself. And he thought that was horrible. So he wanted to make sure that people had another method of making money while still being YouTubers. And his answer to that was Patreon. And it was like, it was a good idea. It, I, I, I give him that. It was a good idea. Much more popped up as a result. But he didn't, uh, they didn't stick to principles mm-hmm. and stick to their actual contracts that they had people signing. And it's, you can't run a business like that. <laughs> yeah. The, the insanity that is, you know, current year, right? It's, oh, um, no. <laughs> this one is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and then that's the thing, too, is that, like, he did, he, like, all the, because they screwed up so bad with this, uh, Sargon, they, like, all the, everyone, a lot of people jumped ship. Some people were saying, like, I think James Lindsay said, you're, if you jump ship as a patron, you're, you're hurting the people you want to support. And it's like, if you want support from people, I wouldn't be on Patreon anymore. There were several people yeah. I was supporting on Patreon. And when that happened to Sargon, I, I, you know, I pulled out. Yeah. A lot of people did. A lot of yeah. people like said, I don't want to deal with a company that does this. And it's, and that's totally legitimate. And I like, I know that, um, when I bring up Amazon publishing, I, and we said, and in the, I think it was the last one we said, don't buy things from Amazon, but there are a lot of people who, because Amazon has their self publishing system. Like if you are exclusive to them for at least Mm -hmm. three months on a book, you can get more promotion. So a lot of, a lot of writers go that way. And we we had a commenter to bring that up that she publishes on Amazon, and I've considered it. Um, I'm looking around to see where I where and how I want to publish um, my novels. And I was uh, so I was like, we need to talk about this because I do think it's important um, that novelists still get to self publish their books. Like authors still need to have that avenue. Especially the, the the romance novelists, they don't yeah. they don't have any like real other options at this point. But Amazon is still not the best system if it's screwing over its its uh its writers like that mm-hmm. without telling them. And and uh, like there's all these like specialty tags that you can't see as or as a creator mm-hmm. that will shadow ban you. And it wow, it's, I had it, that's that's nuts. It is. I mean, we've, we've, a, a lot of people have talked about shadow banning on social media platforms and on YouTube, you know, like, oh, some people are getting delisted essentially, um, you know, quietly, uh, so that they're not getting the, the views that they should be getting, they're mm-hmm. not getting the discoverability they should be getting. But it's, just, I think it's especially bad for the novelists on Amazon, uh, because there's not a lot of options out there. The other options are like Google, because Google has their Google Books um, for like play books, I think is what it's called. And then um, there's only like a few others, but they're all big names. There, there's no self-publishing that is like 
for novels or novel length titles uh that's you know actually yeah, believes in there's definitely there's definitely a market out there for somebody to create a platform like that but i think a, a lot of what people are gonna have to do and this is probably going to be more difficult because obviously Publishing on Amazon makes sense because you can get a lot more traffic through Amazon. But I think a lot of novelists need to think about maybe going and creating their own website, getting a shopping cart and selling their product through that. I mean, the main thing, obviously, is going to be driving traffic to your website. It's a lot more convenient to go through Amazon and, and whatnot because there's already people on the platform and they're searching for something. Odds are your, your book might come up. Um, but I think that a lot of novelists are going to have to take responsibility for their own product and marketing their own product, not just relying on other companies to do that for them. And this is what people used to do back in the day before Amazon and before I mean, Amazon's been around for a while, but, but before mm -hmm. Amazon got really big and before the, the whole thing was self-publishing and, 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 you know, everybody used to have a website back in the, you know, the, the late nineties, early two thousands. And maybe we should start bringing that back. And it's like, even me mm -hmm. as a content creator on YouTube, uh, I, very poor job of managing my website, but it's something that's always on the forefront of my mind. If I get banned on YouTube, well, how am I going to get my content out there? Uh, I'm going to take responsibility for my own content again. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it's, it's harder. It's definitely a hell of a lot more mm -hmm. work. It and is. It, even when as a content creator on a big platform like YouTube or Amazon, there's still like an 80, 20 split on promotion. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, you're getting a slight bump, I'd say. And I think the thing with the Amazon publishing is that if someone buys a book similar to your book, mm -hmm. they get the recommendations. Right. And your book might pop up there. And that's where, you know, you're getting the most help. Um, but and they and like I said, they do that three month uh, boost thing uh, where it's like if you're not published anywhere else, they will they will up the the amount of boost you get. Right. Um, but I, I think a lot of novels are, are going to have to start really, especially the ones that write the really crazy, dirty stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like so there, there are on your readers website. out there. Find idea. them. <laughs> yeah. You get your own website. Yeah, most of these writers already have their own website. They're just not using. I don't think they're utilizing it to the level that they probably should. Probably not. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it's, it's like, you're already doing your ebook creation. I know you're doing that because no one's doing like, like Amazon's not doing that for you. Uh, although there's all these, like you have to, when you create an ebook, depending on which platform you're going to creating the EPUB, you have to do all these different rules depending on what platform you're putting it on. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's a little complex. Uh, and, and then also you have to consider where what e-reader essentially people are going to be using so it's 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 a very complex thing and i get that some people just don't want to also on top of that deal with promotion but it's yeah. like you you gotta like or already you should be doing it already but you you need to consider it especially if you're st you're starting to run into the shadow banning like it's it you're on your own at that point yeah i get i get why you know it's convenient because like if you go buy it, you know, Kindle app or the Kindle itself, you know, you hit people have the ability to go and just download it. And it's very convenient for the, um, for the author, but those days are kind of 
you know, quickly running out though. I mean, it's, it's convenient to a point, but you're really playing by somebody else's rules as you pointed out several times. And yeah. Um, if you want to, you know, publish some smut, <laughs> some, you know, platforms aren't going to be cool with that. So it's like, you might want to look at again, self-publishing on your own website. Definitely. And um, so then when it comes to YouTube, YouTube does the same thing. And I've seen several YouTube creators say that they're being delisted, that they're mm. being shadow banned. I've seen um, YouTube creators say that n they can't uh, sh share this video, that it like people can't like, and, no, what it, was it like? If you go to their channel page, you can't see the video and they didn't private it, which means it's privated on the back by someone else. Yeah. By YouTube and itself. By YouTube itself. And then they end up having to go, could you please share it with direct link? Because I can't get it. Like you can't see it. It didn't send out notifications to people because that's the other thing is that like there's, they're supposed to send notifications to people who have the notification bell rung. Sometimes. They're that's like, why I think no, building maybe story. like a mailing list kind of comes in. I mean, if um, this is something I, I thought about multiple times is uh, other ways to, you know, promote my video since YouTube is obviously not doing that for me. Uh, building a subscription list and an email list to say, okay, here's my new content. This is the new thing yeah. I published on, on YouTube or Twitter or whatever. You know, go check it out. I think is, again, kind of the way to go these days because of all the censorship that we're seeing from, you know, from, from big tech. Yeah, I agree with that. I've heard a lot of um, writers actually talk about subscription lists. That they, they have an email list. Mm -hmm. They sometimes ask, can I share it with another author? That kind of stuff. That's another one is that it's like, or like, hey, um, can we do a trade? Like you promote my stuff on your next mm -hmm. newsletter and I promote your stuff on my next newsletter. And that's a really good way of reaching people who might be interested already. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good idea. Without, Collaboration yeah. with other authors, yeah. Yeah, and we can do that as YouTubers too, I think. Um, I think, I'll, like, because I don't think YouTube, I don't think these platforms are going to be doing it for us. I think they're already, uh, YouTube especially, I think since the adpocalypse has basically just given up on promotion um, mm. channels uh, that are not official, essentially. Um, I like I've just not seen people rise to the top. Like I know Spiffing Brit has gone over several different ways that you gain the system in YouTube because he's tested it. And I know one of the oh, things he that's said interesting. was the yeah I know they were a few months back now, but they were they were some pretty interesting um, ideas. One of them was about a bug though. Uh, <laughs> that it's probably been was, fixed. Maybe. Uh, yeah, because it involved the dislike button. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really? Yes, it was kind of hilarious. What it was was uh, you have an Android phone, you have an auto clicker on your phone, and you hit the, for every time you hit the like button, I think it was like you hit the dislike button 10 times, and it creates a, like a positive two to your like every time. So then, like, if you auto click that, you could get it up like a thousand likes or whatever, you know, in like a few minutes, essentially. And um, I was like, I doubt that's going to be around for much longer. 
<laughs> and then, like, recently they're like, say goodbye to the dislike button. I'm like, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> it's not just... And, and then also, at the same time, the lights stopped pushing videos. I noticed that. Like, they stopped uh, increasing promotion. Uh, like, in discoverability. And I think they shut that off, like, a few months ago. Ah, that sounds interesting. Um, but they, they, one of the reasons why they removed the dislike button is because they don't like people, um, over downvoting something that is crappy. <laughs> Which is funny considering I, I found out uh, the videos that have the most downvotes, uh, when it comes to my content have the highest levels of engagement. And, and that means a lot of people that are not within my audience are, are watching the video. And that's yeah. the big thing, right? Is making sure that somebody else that is not already sub to you is discovering your video and watching it. Yes. So, yeah. It was funny. I, I think one of my viewers was taught, like my regulars was like, there's so many downvotes on this one video. And I said to him, Hey, it's engagement. And he was it like, is. Oh, it is engagement. <laughs> That's the thing that I think is so funny. It's like, if you, if you don't like the video, the worst thing you can do is just not interact with it. Don't leave yeah. a comment. Don't, don't um leave a dislike or a, um, an upvote. So it's just, yeah. It's all, um, it's all helping the video. It's all yep. engagement. Well, it was kind of funny. I think once I was, my friend went to watch a video and I recognized the guy who made the video and I go, I said to my friend, I was like, I can't stand this guy. He's such a jerk. And he goes, well, then I'm not watching the video. And I was like, okay, you're just going to take my word for it. And he's like, well, I trust you. And <laughs> And he didn't dislike it either. He was just like, nope, no, it's video's done. And that's I was like, yeah, that was, well, yeah, the absolute worst thing you can do. Because that's the thing that I like, like seeing is how far did people watch into the video? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like with the longer videos, did they watch the whole thing or did they go like a minute in and go, I'm done? <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like that's really important information. It's like, when did you lose your audience? <laughs> Well, the, you know, the great thing about it is that you, we, you can actually tell in the analytics now when somebody's jumping off a video, which is actually pretty helpful. It is. It definitely is. It can help you change things, I think, for mm -hmm. the better. Um, I, I think all that information is, like, great. I just know that YouTube is not doing anything to help me out beyond giving me info. <laughs> you know, like, there's nothing there mm. that is, there's nothing they're doing to help me get bigger as a channel. Yeah, and, uh, you gotta gotta self promote, which I'm terrible yeah. at. Well, <laughs> I started I started doing this thing where I make like two and a half minute long videos that are like silly and funny, and I post those on other social medias. And every time I do that, which I don't do it very often, I get a bump of like ten subscribers per video, which for me at less than a thousand subscribers right now is is a good, good increase. It is a good increase. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm like, it's worth my time to do that now. So that's the kind of stuff that you have to be doing to get around things like shadow bans and delisting and and then discoverability being so low on the actual platform itself. You know, you have to you have to promote like that. And I know a lot of people are like, why are you on social media? Why are you on this platform? And it's like promotion, like the fact that I have to do that. I don't necessarily want to get on these other social media platforms but i do uh because promotion i i understand that um now there is a certain point where it's like 
this social media platform is so it like the 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 mental health impact is so low that it's not worth it <laughs> and you're like okay this this one's not and, and you're like well it's also not giving me the the promotion i need anyway so like you know you get off of it i get that like that you know you do have to gauge that uh to make sure you know now these vague rules though they are on all social media platforms they're on twitter they're on Facebook. we're seeing it on getter too which is yeah. the, the you know the big new hotness which i've you know haven't really bothered to um create an account on yet because of some of the issues I think we're seeing with it now. I think I, uh, I got on it in July before I got banned. Cause I heard about it and was like, Oh, I'll, I'll it. and then, um, now more of my friends are on it at least. So that's nice. Um, but I, I think the only one that I really didn't, I like, I started an account, which is probably a good thing just for claiming the name. Uh, on Gab, that was the one I didn't stick around on. Uh, I don't really engage in that one. But um, yeah, Gitter is the new hotness, and it's really because Dr. Malone got kicked off of Twitter. Yep, and, and he created an account there, and then Joe Rogan <laughs> did as well. Yeah, I thought it was so funny too because I I watched the podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast with Robert Malone, and mm -hmm. he's and. And just hearing Joe Rogan go, what's Getter? And I was yeah. like, you I, I hadn't heard about it until the whole thing with Rogan. I, really? I, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I know so many people had never heard of it. And I was like, wow, really? And I was like, because I'd been on it for months at that point. And I was like, oh, I guess, I don't know. Maybe I pay a lot of attention to social media platforms. But because um, I'm also on Minds. Yeah, I'm on Minds as well, but I don't use it as much as I probably should. Yeah, I'm on MeWe, which I find it, it's it wants to be a Facebook. I think it wants to be a Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I find it a little like weird. I don't know. And um and then Robert Malone also got kicked off of LinkedIn, uh, which is insane. I know. And like, look at if you look at his his resume and his publishing list of you know, books and studies, it's it's sort of outrageous that anyone could claim this information on him. Doesn't go with the narrative. You know what no. happens when you don't go with the narrative. They yeah. uh, they they ban your ass. Yes. <laughs> PDQ. And they Yeah, and they use the vague rules to do it. They mm -hmm. won't it they the vague the rules are vague so that they can pick and choose when to apply them. And so that n not just so that you can't take them to court for violating. Yeah. Especially uh, when they view the someone terms. as being dangerous, like Dr. Malone. Yes, definitely. Like it, they, they definitely are doing it um, to make sure that they can get the people that are damaging their other interests. That's the thing that I don't, that I, like a lot of people want to say, it's like, oh, it was misinformation. It's like, no. There's a lot of incestuous connections here on uh, who, how people are making money. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of that has to, a lot of the censorship we're seeing has to do with preventing information that would hurt their ability to make money. On yeah, look, look what happened with Parler when um, 
they got kicked off of AWS. And you know, the funny, funny thing about it is Twitter just signed a big contract with AWS. So what was it about? Was it truly about you know what was being posted on Parler, or was it about eliminating the competition? It's it that I've said this before. That's a violation of antitrust because you would there think. is yeah. Well, it's called it's like a collusive, like industry supply chain yeah. uh, violation of antitrust, where you disrupt the supply chain to your competitor essentially, mm. um, and your the suppliers are in cahoots with you. And uh, so that's still a violation because they're like you just because you're not doing it doesn't mean it's not um, against the 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 whole purpose of antitrust. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely collusion. That's for sure. Yeah. And um, like a lot of people want to say, oh, it's because like I don't understand these people who are so willing to buy corporate bullshit. There's so much of it out there. So I'm a bit older than you. I remember a point in time when the left used to challenge and call out corporate BS. And I, I am falling over myself with the fact that, that that is no longer a thing. As a matter of fact, they're, they're the ones that are the staunch corporate defenders. Yeah. Like, I see, I get it when, like, politicians do it. Like, mm-hmm. I get when they do it because they're making money. Like right. they're making money. So they their motivation makes total sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is the people on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just us regular citizens types buying the bullshit and spreading it too about corporate B- this corporate BS, like the bad actors line. And I, I just um especially it's hurting her as a writer and she is spouting the bullshit and i'm like how are i i just can't it feels like cognitive dissonance to me (laughs) in a lot of ways it is i mean a lot of people i think they don't think more than um one step ahead when it comes to something and they don't realize how these things are going to impact them in the future when they're for these types of policies and what corporations are doing. It's going to hurt them long term, but they don't care about it because it's, you know, I'm suppressing the opposition or, you know, I'm fine with the opposition being suppressed, but it will never happen to me. Right. Because I'm on the right side of history. That's the mentality. And they understand it's like, no, at some point in time, you're going to not be on the right side of history uh, yeah. and and you're going to be censored, too. And we, and we have seen this happen on the left. It doesn't happen as much as it impacts the right and people who are centrist, but it, it, it does happen to them on occasion. Yeah. Like, okay. I remember I asked that question uh, January last year mm. of my friends on Facebook. Some of them I know personally. I was like, would you really honestly be OK if the shoe was on the other foot? And and they're like the shoe wouldn't be on the other foot. Essentially, is what their response was. Exactly. And I was like, that's that's incredibly fucking naive. My God, I can't I cannot accept how naive you are. Like it, it's flabbergastingly bad <laughs> to just believe that. Like you trust politicians that much. You you trust anyone that much. Well, I you think don't they, know they truly believe they will consider. Uh, excuse me, they will continually be on the right side of history that that's the issue is that they think that they will never be um you know the shoe will never be on the other foot yeah well and part of me goes uh but it's also setting a precedent though over who Mm -hmm. has what power so if you're in a position of power uh, you're in x position we gave you the ability to censor something okay 
Well, that person dies. Someone else gets that position. Mm-hmm. Now they have that power. And they will use it how they see fit. And you don't know what they're planning. So you don't know what... This is a potential that you've not accounted for. A lot of people, I think, are like even corporations, do not think further ahead than three months. I, I really feel like that is not something a lot of people are really capable of doing. Americans, uh, honestly, are the worst at it. Uh, thinking <laughs> long-term planning uh, as compared to like other in, uh, countries like India. Yeah, mm-hmm. America is actually probably one of the lowest countries when it comes to long-term planning and thinking, whether it be government or corporations yeah. or individuals. Yeah, which is, I, I see it a lot in finance, the way people mm-hmm. spend money. That That's true on the corporate level, how they don't, they don't think long-term sometimes. And that's why sometimes they fail like dramatically. Yes. And then uh, I see it with individuals when they don't uh, save correctly or spend on really dumb things or, you know, just make bad financial decisions. And we're seeing that, I think, on the government level in the fact that people, the, the federal government keeps, you know, going deeper and deeper into debt. And my problem with that is that England during the during World War II, people stopped taking giving them loans yeah. because they were not going to be able. They were not seen as a good investment. In mm-hmm. And some countries have stopped giving the U.S. loans. And so I'm like, do you might want to consider the history of that? That when we're no longer a, a good investment to some places. Yeah, what's going to happen at some point, in my opinion, um, is that we will we will lose reserve currency status and and it's game over at that point. Uh, it's going to really hurt the United States. And I think we'll see some very terrible hyperinflation. Don't know if it's going to happen. It's, you know, like I said, this is just my opinion. But if we ever lose mm-hmm. that reserve currency status, we're screwed flat out. Yeah, like I, I that worries me like a lot because I don't think anyone like anyone in positions to affect this really cares and they're not thinking long term yeah and uh and as we said that seems to be a really american problem that long-term decision making long-term planning is not uh high on the list of uh (laughs) skills and yeah. it's <laughs> well, like, they, they want, well they want good corporate serfs right that that's the yeah. kind of the end game yeah and if we're if the bottom drops out of the country uh then a lot of us are not going to be able to pick and choose where we work <laughs> yeah and for how much so yeah it, they, it could be a plan i don't know but uh, I'm not happy with the, the direction it's going, I'll be honest with you. And I think that I, I think, though, that the idea that letting corporations with that behind these social media platforms have their vague rules feeds into that long term. Like there's a lot of this kind of problems that where you're you're giving all this power to a select chunk companies and uh, government entities that aren't being honest with you as mm. a citizen or as a yeah. customer. And as such, you can't ever hold them to account. 
there's no way to hold them to account if they're never going to be honest with you about what their expectations are of you. And they are willing to to be vague so that they, if they decide they don't like you, they will take you out. And in yeah. whatever way that means, uh, usually it means uh, essentially ruining your ability to make money. Uh, yeah, or, removing your source income, therefore the ability to purchase food for your, yourself and your family. Yeah, I mean, yes. that's, that rolls right into the whole thing of cancel culture. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Um, and I, I think a lot of the cancel culture apologists would say that uh, would, I think some of them know, honestly, that the vague rules are bullshit and they're happy with it. I, I think some of them know. I think some of them honestly believe they're a good thing. Uh, but I, I, I believe some of the cancel culture mob is malicious, is vindictive. And oh, yeah, abso absolutely. I think there's also a lot of, of people that, yeah, I think there's also mm -hmm. people who are ignorant and they're like, yeah. oh, no, it's just consequence culture, which is like if yeah. you actually looked into it, you know, that's not the case. It's like yeah. th there are vindictive people that out there that want to hurt other people because they want that dopamine hit. It, it's yes. It's like, my guy, it, it, it's just Twitter, you know. <laughs> Social media is not real life. People need to, you know, get a grip. And it's like, you know, when I make a video or I talk about something, even even if I'm interacting with the opposition on Twitter, I, my goal is not to hurt hurt them or ruin their life. But that might be the case with them because they, you know, you know, they're othering you or whatnot. And mm -hmm. I, I think um, at the end of the day, everybody needs to remember that there's a human being on the other side of the keyboard, even if you know we're throwing snark at each other. And yeah, it, it's just, it's ridiculous, especially when it comes to the whole cancer culture thing. It's like you are actively campaigning to ruin somebody's life. It's like, did you think about the consequences of that? I mean, what if somebody did that to you? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's again, they don't think the shoe's ever going to be on the other foot. Right. <laughs> they don't believe it's a possibility, which because that's the thing, though, is that one of the problems with cancel culture mob is that it, it creates this idea, if you're part of the mob, that you're a good person. Mm -hmm. good people who believe they're a good person are willing to do anything yeah. if they if and especially if they desperately want to feel like a good person mm -hmm. and it's like and be seen as a good person and to me i'm sort of like does it really matter that much uh if someone knows that you're a good person so much as if you are a, are good, a person? good person yeah like that's the part that really bothers me is that it's like, there's but if they don't no tell everybody, they won't get those social media backpats. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like you said, that's not real life. Yeah. It's not real life. <laughs> I have, a, I do have a real problem with people who do things for appearance, appearances. Like, yeah, it's just, it, it's like, to me, a part of me is like, it's a waste of time. It's an absolute waste of time because are you ever going to fully get the, the crowd's, approval is it a, is that appetite that you have ever going to be satisfied in the first place no mm -hmm. <laughs> so so it's you're wasting your time you'd be better off getting past that urge uh you know and just trying to be a good person for real like doing good things and not being a dick online mm. <laughs> Now, I, I've said before, you said, you know, got to remember that the other person on, on the other end is a, is you know, a real person. I have a hard time with that when they 
cops when they turn into a mob and they start trying to get someone fired. I have a really hard time. Yeah, I, 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 I can. I understand. I do. I completely understand that. I don't know. I guess because my focus at that point is the person who's going to get fired. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that the person, so that the that the the people getting trying to get the person fired are a person with feelings. I don't care at that point. And I I know that that might not seem nice, but <laughs> it's just I don't know. My focus is on the person who's the victim. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I I get that because. Um... It, it, it's like the, the difference between saying something and actually doing it. It's like, it's one thing to joke about killing someone and it's nothing to actually do it. Right. Yes. And once you actually commit that action, you know, the, the, I say the stakes are completely different, but the terms are completely different at that point. Um, so yeah, it, it's, yeah. um, they're saying doing, something and, and people want to equate saying something with actually doing it. Right. Yeah. And that, that that's like one, one of the bigger problems I think that we, we face in today's, you know, modern world is that just because you say something doesn't mean you're actually going to do it first off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. I, you know, I words aren't violence. No. Silence is not violence. <laughs> what was it? The one that really made Force me compliance. laugh was... <laughs> uh, the one that made me laugh, the phrase that made me laugh the most because I was like, wow, that's really dumb, was silence is compliance. Or, yeah. And I... Because I was like... Uh, I don't know that you want to use those. You want to equate those when you when you're also the Me Too movement. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I would I would use that during a meeting, right? I'll, I'll you know, does anyone have anything they they want to talk about? Especially if I want to end a meeting. If nobody yeah. says anyone, I was like, okay, science is compliance. We're done. It's different <laughs> on social media, right? I, I mean, it's yeah. just. Well, it's people are allowed to not have opinions on stuff, right? That, that's the thing yeah. I, I think is so funny is that. There's a lot of things in this world that I, I don't have strong opinions on and I, I don't express them, but just, just because I don't do that doesn't mean I'm compliant with something. No. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of things that I won't talk about on social media or in yeah. these videos or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I have a I have a strong opinion on them. Uh, I have uh, like experience and stuff to back it up, but it's no one's it's no one's business necessarily if i choose to right. keep it private it's it's private and uh if i choose silence that's me saying i don't want to engage that's not necessarily the same thing as me saying i agree silence is not agreement like it silence is non-engagement i yeah. don't want to talk about it i don't want to talk about it that's not me saying yes or no that's I think that's a real problem right now is the and and you see that with like all these mobs like really pushing for like this company or that store to like put out a you know a political statement on something. I did see some it was a Colorado bookstore uh in twenty twenty did not go whole hog into the Black Lives Matter thing and um a writer. Uh, who whose book I had reviewed, in fact, for my channel, like said, well, then I'm not coming for my reading. I'm canceling my reading. <laughs> Jesus. And then like, and all these other Moral people are like, male. I'm not going. This was an indie bookstore, too. This wasn't like a Barnes & Noble. This mm -hmm. was an indie bookstore. And so, yeah, they basically, they like tried to kill this bookstore for not being like, whole hog, I want to talk about 
Black Lives Matter, we support Black Lives Matter. I think Matter. my response would be, well, I guess I'm not going to carry your book anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would I would, uh, order from the mail from that bookstore. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yes, please send me some books, I'll pay you. <laughs> because I, I actually did, I'll be honest, I did sever ties with an indie bookstore for going to Woke and getting like, it, it was more like I was part of book clubs there and stuff mm-hmm. and I was and but then they kept pushing these very woke titles and they kept pushing the narrative and everything and they were like uh they were like really just intense about it and I'm like I'm I just don't enjoy going to this store anymore <laughs> it was just I don't enjoy the book clubs anymore so it was right, more yeah. it, it, it wasn't even a political statement it was more like I'm not having fun at your business anymore so i'm not going to give you my business anymore <laughs> yeah and i uh so it wasn't even me like really going i'm gonna boycott them no that wasn't like the thought i had but i i they still killed any kind of relationship i had with them as a customer so I've, i think you i i i do think it's hilarious though when one place like says we're firing this person and because they said something that you guys didn't, the mob didn't like, and the, and the mob still can't, tries to cancel the company. Mm-hmm. And then people who are against cancel culture are like, well, then I'm leaving too. You're yeah. not getting my business either. <laughs> it's a, it really is a no-win situation when you appeal to the mob when it comes to cancel culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like you're uh, obviously going to get it from the cancel culture people, and there's the people that would normally support you, uh, and and they're going to pull out too because they don't they don't want to. You know, I don't want to do business with a company that's going to fire somebody because somebody's something, something off color on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, and and now they're being canceled. It, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I, it's like I, I can understand if it was a employee talking shit about the company online that that's never a good thing, and the company no, fires that's them. A dumb idea. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> absolutely dumb, and I know people that that that's happened to. But mm-hmm. it's just when did you become the the arbiter of morality and the arbiter of truth that you can do this to somebody. It's like, I, I don't care if somebody come at, comes at me on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not going to try and hunt that person down and get them fired for their job because of, you know, they said something stupid or mean to me on Twitter. It's just like, it's not real life people. No. And it's just words. That's the thing too, is yeah, that it's, it's like, words. did we all, did we yeah. all forget the sticks and stones? <laughs> do we all need to go back? But that's to problematic. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I really, really can't stand that crap. I'm like, uh, like they keep problematizing everything that would help you as a person be like whole and, you know, like really stand up to this shit. They really try to, they're, they're trying to take all the tools away. Essentially. They're trying to make all the Sadly. tools. Yeah. Uh, nuclear. So it's impossible. Now what? So, but besides, uh, really taking control of self-promotion is there anything else that you think like content creators should really do um like yeah building building a network i, I think is good um even like the prepping community that's like a big thing because uh, like you're, you're only one person right um mm-hmm. so so building a network uh whether it be your supporters or whatnot i, I think it is a good way that, that i think that definitely helps with, with promotion Mm-hmm. Is that it's a reason why a lot of YouTubers uh, and I kind of stopped doing this, but say, hey, you know, make sure to like and share the video yeah, because yeah. It, it 
It helps, you know, get the content out there. Even just sharing things on on Twitter helps. I mean, I, I see a lot of my engagement coming from Twitter uh, as an outsource, outside source. Um, another thing too, when it comes to self-promotion, and this is such a, it's, it's a crazy topic, is um, search engine optimization. Learning oh, yeah. a little bit about that to help when it comes to like fine-tuning your website. Um, yeah. It's something I used to know a little bit about, not anymore because it's been years, but it, it's mm-hmm. making sure that you get that stuff fine-tuned for your website to help other people find it when they search for something. Yeah. Uh, taking a, There's a few places you can watch courses for free on SEO um, to help you out if you mm-hmm. are a content creator. I definitely suggest it. Um, I Basically, anytime you share anything, you should have some kind of tags on it. Um, to help yourself out, um, yeah, because a lot of websites are are built on, like, unfortunately, like it's even even YouTube looking. videos tagging it and stuff like that. Yes. That definitely helps with the algorithm and in, in, in search terms. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I search terms all is my, huge. Yeah, I tag all of my YouTube videos, every single one of them, um, and it does help actually. That helps more than basically uh anything else that youtube could possibly do but they don't tell you that you know there's nothing Mm -mm. and especially like the one of the places that you should put the tags for youtube videos especially is some of them anyway like the most important ones is um in the description yes the description uh having that search term in the description and the title is very helpful yes uh those are the two big ones now um I, I, I think that one of, I think you should make, yeah, I think networking is probably like one of the biggest things that a lot of people need to do. For one thing, as a creator, it makes you feel not so alone. Mm-hmm. Like you're just, you know, you're the only one having these problems. That's not true at all. So I, I definitely think that making those connections is going to be really helpful. And you're going to probably trade advice that's going to be helpful too, not just you know, promoting each other's content to mm. each other's audiences. I think that's really important. And um, I do think being on multiple platforms helps. I, th- I think it does. Uh, another thing too, and this is, you know, kind of goofy, is uh, create a YouTube channel. I mean, build an audience. One way of building an audience for your for your book is to build an audience on YouTube. You know, talk about either something related to that topic that you're, you know, that your novel covers um, or just talk about books in general. Yeah. Yeah. Some, something that other people will go, you know, try and find, et cetera. Yeah. That was one of the reasons why I started doing book reviews, not only just because I like talking about books. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of, I think a lot of it, a lot of your engagement, though, has to be authentic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sound, like, if you sound like you're selling, you're probably going to turn people off. But if you sound like you really give a shit about these things, mm-hmm. I think you're you're going to get a better response like i talk about books i could talk about like one book for three hours and that's not probably (laughs) uh the greatest content but i could i could like really talk about these things and i'm very i'm very enthusiastic about talking about books and talking about video games and all these things and so to me i i feel like that is actually the thing people are going to latch onto is yeah. if you're enthusiastic and authentic about the things you're talking about. I, I think oh yeah, absolutely. For that. 
And another so, thing too is to reach out to a, a YouTuber that maybe covers books and saying, "Hey, um, can you have me on your live stream if you do live streams or talk about my book?" You know, if you don't want to create a channel, reaching out to a YouTuber to you know, help with that promotion—you you never know. It's worth it's worth a shot, right? I mean, yeah. they might blow you off, or they might say, "Hey, yeah, it's a great idea. Come on, we'll, we'll talk about your book." Yeah, you could talk yeah. to a bunch of different. You know, like find YouTubers. There's BookTube is big. It is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you can talk, you can find a bunch of ones that cover your kind of book, you know, your genre and just ask, say, I, I would watch a few of their videos first though. That's the same. It's the same kind of policy for writing in, in, uh, right. an agent query. You know, you got to look at what kind of content they're already doing and see if you're a good fit. And yeah, so that it's, makes sense. it's the same policy, I would say as the query letters. Now, um, I think that, that, that feels like a lot of <laughs> information yeah. that we've gone over. We've, it is. we've vacillated through a lot of things. Now, I think that for the most part, the vague rules are the biggest lie that, so, that these platforms have ever said. Like, uh, honestly, like beyond the narratives, beyond, um, and, and why they suspend one particular person the the fact that they say, they defend vague rules by saying by giving the bad actors lie i i just think that's the worst thing they've done uh it's the most uh undercutting of your oh life. it's insidious for sure it's so terrible so i i would honestly i i don't know how to get them to stop <laughs> But um, using those platforms would be my guess. Um, yeah. Going I, to the alternatives. I, I know it, it's so difficult being a YouTuber, right? And YouTube being <laughs> one of the worst platforms, but we have to use it. Uh, but making sure that you do use the alt tech platforms as well, just mm -hmm. because you never know if you're going to get, you know, canceled off the platform. And if you do, you have another place to put your content. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I know I have all my content saved in mm. external hard drives like, yeah same here Every, everything i have is backed up to a nas so yeah i have more than a thousand videos now i'm more videos than i have subscribers <laughs> <laughs> that's good having a lot of videos is good um yeah it's a lot of a lot of content so i don't, know and, how much. Yeah, I don't like, think i've hit a thousand videos on my my really? uh, youtube channel yeah well i started doing shorts in 2020 so well, that makes and sense it was about yeah. one a day plus four live streams a week plus at least one edited video a week so i produce a lot actually yeah um, uh, that's good yeah <laughs> but oh like, yeah everything's on external hard drives it's not all the best content hopefully with the new computer it'll be better content but, right um i i think uh that's um all we're gonna go over today because it was just so much information yeah it's and, a lot um <laughs> Uh, so I want to thank you all so much for watching this and thank you for joining me again, Ian, always great to have you on for these conversations. Yeah, it's always great talking to you. Thank you. So, uh, if you guys could walk your fingers over to the like and subscribe buttons, we really appreciate it. And we would like it if you would share this video in places, tell your friends, all that stuff. <laughs> it's the self-promotion we were talking about. It is. <laughs> And thank you again so much for joining us. Until next time.
Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. Please download this updated list of contagious individuals. I am authorized to assure you that your sacred freedom to choose between available approved options will be preserved. Mass formation psychosis is just a right-wing talking point. Please purge it from memory and resume your programming. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.